Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way, our Southridge member podcast designed to give people some of the inside scoops of life uh, across all of our locations in our church. Uh, here today in the middle of our Hope Lives series with our action pastor, Nate Dirks. Nate, say hi to everybody. Hello. Uh, I know you've been on this podcast before, so we won't go through all of the introductory pleasantries. Yeah, nobody just, wants to hear that. Uh, Tell us something just to kind of get us into your life a little bit that we wouldn't already know. Um, so, I mean, right now I'm living family life. I've got uh, I've got two young boys. Malachi is four, and Isaiah is about nine months now, and so he's just up to all kinds of mayhem. And they they wrestle already, which is fun. So that's one thing. And uh, I was going to bring an interesting fact. Do you want to? Can I bring an interesting? Yes, you fact? can bring an interesting fact. So here's an interesting fact that that's about me. Uh, so my mother-in-law makes fun of me for this and you can tell, judge whether she should or not. But, um, the only time I've ever played probably the highest level of sport that I've ever played in my life was nationally at a national level, but for the country of Botswana yeah. in the sport of field hockey. <laughs> so that's the, that's the one, my one claim to fame it was, is, is, is that I've played, you know, you know, on the Botswana national field hockey yeah. team. And it is a guy's sport for people who are wondering. It's a guy's sport too. So come on, yeah. So interesting. Maybe won't maybe present further, but that's a fun <laughs> factoid for Nate. Maybe maybe not fun. Hey, uh, we've got one week left uh, in our Hope Live series that you helped launch uh, on the first of the four weeks. Uh, can you just at this point describe your sense for kind of what you felt God wanted to say to our community during this month. What are what what is this hope lives season about from your perspective as action pastor around here? Yeah, absolutely. I I think that I mean we talking with other like folks who are really in this conversation from the other folks in the action team really who who are leading these ministries uh, across our locations and and are really people who have their ear to ground the ground in three different communities um, in Vineland and in uh, and in St. Catharines and in Welland. I mean, just in that, those conversations, the thing that really came across was we, we really want to have a sense of reality as a Southridge community right now. We really want to just have that reality check of saying, guys, let's pause. Like, what, what's happening in our community? And do we know it? And if we do know it, how do we, how do we make sure that we all as a community, as a Southridge community, have that same understanding? Um, and some of it's a harsh reality. And, but we realize that there's a lot of people who are living that harsh reality right now. And they're in the midst of it and they're, they're feeling that, that struggle. And we said, well, let's make sure that our whole community understands that. Let's, let's take a real picture of it and, um, and make sure it's passed on and we can all be on the same page. Yeah, it's felt to me like in listening to you guys even before we launched into the series, just to kind of hear your heart, that it, you know, on the one hand, you wanted all of us to be aware that the need in our society is greater than we even realize. Absolutely. That the need is even greater than we realize. Absolutely. But at the same time, that we live because we live, I guess is the way that you've described it to me, because we live on the redemptive side of history, That's right. the opportunity for God to make a difference in that need through us is also greater than we've ever realized. Absolutely. And so there's kind of this maybe bad news, good news, or, you know, already not yet dynamic yeah. of the kingdom that we find ourselves in where... It feels like that's been what's been building over the course of, of this three and almost four weeks of this series is just, like you said, that awareness of a greater need than we've paid attention to with correspondingly greater opportunity than we've paid attention to. 
Well, absolutely. And I think you're right to, to name it on both sides of it. That's, yeah, it's, it's just sort of have a moment to, you know, kind of catch your breath and, wow, this is, this is real. But then the other side of it, as you said, on the redemptive side of history, if we're recognizing that we're living there, that there's this amazing opportunity that we have within this. And, uh, and also sort of a sobering, it's, it's amazing and sobering at the same time. And one of the ways that to me, it sort of has struck me, it's kind of like, you know, as a kid, you, 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 know, you, you don't necessarily know all the things that your parents are doing. And uh, you kind of get to that place where as a kid, you, you start to, you know, you grow up and all of a sudden you have finances and you're realizing, wait a second, this is on me. Maybe it's even in school, you know, I, if I don't do my homework, that affects me. Oh, if I don't, you know, take care of my finances, that affects me. And starting to recognize that as a community, we can, and as Christians, we, we get that opportunity as well, that God's given us here in our community to say, hey, like kids, like I'm, I'm giving, like this is on you. Like you're, you know, I've, I've shown you how to do this. Now do it, now you get. And so it's, it's, it's a tough reality, but it's also this amazing opportunity to grow up and we get to do that in and God's it, kingdom here. Yeah, and it sounds like that's your hope for what this series will accomplish is a higher degree of personal and then collective responsibility to be the difference makers that God desires to be in and, and through us. That, that you know, like you say, in the growing up, in the maturing, that every single one of us, remember in your very, the, the first week, you, the message that you taught, you've, you reframed the question of if our church up and disappeared, would anyone notice to, if I, if each of us individually up and disappeared, would anyone notice and mm. really have tried to heighten the personal responsibility for all of us to be part of this redemptive side of history in addressing these increasingly uh, significant needs in our community? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we just we're excited for the opportunity even this week if you're for, for people who are new to the conversation to be able to come out to our next step lunch, to be able to to say, Hey, I'm I'm interested. I'd like to to take a first step, a neck a first next step into what this can look like. And we want to continue to progress with that and say, Hey, you know, even as we wrap up the series to say, you know, if you've already been taking steps, there are still steps to take and they're amazing, they're exciting and and let's do this together. Yeah, yeah. Now a um, bit of a refresher, uh because you, you serve as action pastor. And so beyond just the Hope Live series, you're kind of into this, you know, the other 11 months of the year as well. And uh, our goal in kind of capturing that sense of personal responsibility and getting people engaged in the mission of Christ in this way uh, actually has three values associated with it. Mm -hmm. So there's three reasons why we want everyone in our church involved in, in this way of life. Right. So talk about these three reasons, starting, first of all, with the value of extending compassion and justice to others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, we, we want to understand that as a Southridge community, one of the things that we that we value is the fact that it's not sort of a nicety or like we, we tack on the fact that we, maybe we should do something in our community to, to what we, what we do. It's not just sort of like, eh, it's, uh, that would probably be good. We should do that. It's like, no, this is core. This is DNA level who we are. And we just feel called by, by God to be those people. And when it comes to the value of extending compassion to, if, if we understand that language, it, it really is, how are we looking around to the needs of our community and what are we seeing? How are we taking, having that reality check and when we have that reality check, what are we going to do about it? And for us, the, one of the big values in that, it's again, it's not just sort of saying, well, we should probably do something, so let's let's throw something at it and just see what happens. We want to do this well. We want to be, invest ourselves so deeply in it that as a group of people, we're all bringing our very best selves. And if each of us are bringing our best selves as a group, 
we're going to have a great body of a community to be able to do well with this. And we want to be at the forefront of this conversation in our communities, get better at it, and really help to lead the conversation along with our great, amazing community partners. So yeah. it's extending compassion and doing it really well. Yeah, and helping all of us who are listening appreciate that around here, the biblical values of compassion and justice are way more meat and potatoes to our sense of the gospel and what it means to be a life to, to live a life of faith than salt and pepper you that's know, right like you said this isn't just an add-on to what <laughs> matters this is what matters <laughs> you know the yeah. extending of compassion justice matters in addition though talk about the benefit of experiential discipleship it's a whole different reason why we want everyone engaged yeah absolutely i mean when it comes to to that language of experiential discipleship i mean we we just realized that in the ways that that Jesus draws into draws us into it and says this isn't just a nicety this is this is something that I have for you to do that he actually uses that for for who we are as people and made in God's image and in discipleship you know to use that language being able to say like how are we actually following along with Jesus i mean that's something that it's it's a it's an, it is an actual following it is an actual movement throughout our lives as Jesus is is moving us forward and what we realize is that the experiential side of that is just this incredible in, in terms of who we're made as people, uh, in our physio- physiology and in our psychology, like this is something that really makes it stick. The, the realities of relationship with Jesus really start to stick and be driven home when we experience what it is he's calling us to do and we walk alongside Jesus. We do that as a community. And we sometimes use the language we talk about sort of this, uh, we talk about Dale's cone um, of learning. Yeah, learning so we, by doing. Learning by doing, yeah. absolutely. Where you can start at the you know at the narrow end of it where it's just, you know, if you're just reading or hearing, you're at a low percentage, you're not going to remember much of that. But when you get into the place where you're actually doing, you're retaining very well what you've been learning and, and, it's, and it sticks with you to the point where you also want to be the people who are not only doing, but you're teaching others to do. And that just becomes like you, that just becomes a deep part of who you are. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why educational institutions, colleges, universities, whatever, you know, offer certain learning environments in large groups, certain learning environments in small groups or seminars and certain learning environments in co-ops or work terms, because you learn certain things and in certain ways in each of those learning environments. And around here, that's one of the primary reasons why we've got these three primary programs is because each of them provides its own unique, can't get otherwise kind of learning environment. And the compassion and justice aspect of our church is one of those because of that, that there's a way that we can grow spiritually through engaging in compassion and justice that we otherwise fundamentally will not get. Yeah in the other aspects of our church's life. Well, and that's a great way to put it. And I mean, I mean, if, you know, if others are like me, like I know there's sometimes where I almost feel frustrated in my faith where I'm just saying, ah, like I get inspired by a message or something, or, I, or I'm just there and I've been, you know, I'm doing my devotions or something like that, whatever it is in my spiritual life. And sometimes I'm like, why, why am I not growing sometimes? I, had, I was doing this 15 years ago. Why am I in the same place? And sometimes because I haven't approached it from a different angle of being able to actually physically enact what I'm learning about. And experiential discipleship gives that opportunity yeah. to say, like, do this. It's gonna. It, this is what makes it stick. It doesn't just go in one in, in one ear and out the other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, third value is an evangelistic value where we've recognized that, especially in our culture these days, uh, the opportunity to engage in activity that is compassion justice oriented is as much if not a far greater front door yeah. of access to people outside the church than the typical inviting them to attend a service on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Talk about that opportunity a little bit. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I liked it the other day when you were, you were, uh, you had Erica on the podcast too. And she just said, she's like, it's kind of a little bit weird. You know, church is strange. Like how often in society do we just kind of like stand up and sing together and look in one direction and just sort of do it? It's like, you know, church can sometimes be a weird thing. And no matter how familiar we are with it, if we think about it that way, um, one of the opportunities we have is like, we, if we're, if we're in a relationship with Jesus and we're here in, in our church and we're at Southridge and we're like, we're valuing what this means for us and what God's doing in our lives through this community. I mean, I think that we probably, I mean, commonly there are people in all of our lives who we just would, would say, oh man, if only they could just experience what I'm experiencing here. And, and we all have those people I'm, I'm sure we can think of in our neighborhood and our families and wherever. And it's a difficult to ask sometimes to say, hey, will you give up your Sunday morning and will you come out and experience this thing? And how do you kind of describe that we do spiritual gymnasium and you're yeah. going to hear a message from somebody and maybe like there's, it's... It's, it's a bit different. And yet one of the amazing and unique things that we have here to, to be able to offer is to be able to help people to sort of get into the same thing, which is to learn that Jesus is, is going is, to, he wants to bless your life. He wants to, to show you who you were created to be without them having to hear that language, which kind of sounds a bit strange if you're not familiar with it. Instead, we get to show that by um, offering an opportunity to serve. And I think people are just naturally inclined towards understanding that there's a value in that, no matter what your background is. And so this becomes exactly that, a new front door, an opportunity to say, hey, come in this way, come in and be a part of what I'm doing here. And it just is a unique way to invite people into church, which is, again, instead of just saying, it's, that sounds intimidating to say, you know, come to church, you're really inviting people in to just experience something. And we're not trying to hide the fact, but it's, it's, it's an opportunity where you're going to, well, God can speak to you through that in unique ways. And it really is a great chance to, to invite those people into this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And outside of just the learning by doing that they can experience about what a life following Jesus is all about in that way. You know, I think back to the the September launch series uh, we talked about being for Niagara and, you know, the inherent barriers that people have to faith, assuming that the church is hypocritical and judgmental and distrustful, especially as it uh, stewards money, and realize that this access point that many of our friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and whatever are interested in is a, a really effective way of mitigating some of those stereotypes yeah. and and uh, kind of addressing some of those emotional objections that people have when they learn by doing that, in fact, the, the church is different. The church is in the game. The church is making a difference. The church is caring about people. The church is extending love and that love is available for them as well. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, a front door sort of through the back door. That's right. Uh, into a, a life of faith that I hope we can appreciate is part of the reason why we have these anchor causes mm. and why they're so core to the life of full devotion that we're inviting people into around here. There's three reasons, not just one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nate, along those lines, I, I know that one of the conversations you've been having lately has been with Len Jansen, who hopefully most of us who are podcast listeners are familiar with now because we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there's this, this conversation you've been involved with to a greater degree with Len. And just give us a bit of backstory on why you've started leaning into Len to a greater degree. Let's just start there and then get into yeah. what you've been learning through through this conversation. Well, I mean, first of all, if you, I mean, if you know Len, you just know he's a dynamo. So you just want to lean into Len because he's a blast. He's freaking biking all around Niagara and he's climbing walls everywhere and just doing amazing things. So just leaning into Len is great because he's a fantastic person. Um, and beyond just fantastic, I mean, specifically, we had Len on the podcast because Len has essentially been the poster child 
of the way of life in regards to action that we've been trying to invite people into. And I know that in one of your sort of objectives, uh, you know, with your, your work life, it's basically been nothing more complicated than try to make and find more lens. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. How do we, how do we bottle what God has, uh, kind of formed and grown in Len into more people? Mm-hmm. It is, it, it's really no more <laughs> sophisticated yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, but you know, as you started talking with Len and I mean, Len, if you haven't heard his podcast, he for years has led among other things, he's led our rock climbing program as part of our shelter ministry here in St. Catharines. Um, as you started spending more time with Len, what did you start to hear and talk about in the course of those conversations? Yeah. I mean, for one of the things is just that, I mean, Len, first of all, he embodies the fact that, you know, he takes things that he, that gives him joy and he wants to just pass that on to other people and especially friends of ours who are in the margins. So first of all, uh, Len lives that out and he does that in rock climbing for sure, which is here's something I enjoy doing and love the physical activity. And let me just bless people with that. And he also just genuinely loves that, like loves a relationship like that. And one of the things that, that as, as Len sort of peeled back a bit of some of the layers, it was kind of cool to hear some of the backstory and to hear kind of verbalize what, what Len has, what's kind of led him to the place that he is right now. So one of the ways that he kind of would have um, spoken about that is what he experienced, you know, probably about a decade ago in our community where, you know, seeing that, you know, we're, we're starting to, to make headway in our um, in our relationship with, with friends who are experiencing homelessness, like there was, you know, we were in the building together, literally, where we have our shelter down the hall from our, our church auditorium. And what Len was starting to see as he was beginning to, um, to just really pay attention and just grow in relationships there was that as people were coming from, from the shelter, even on a, on a Sunday morning and joining us, you know, for, for church, the, uh, our friends who are, who are there, and this is kind of, you know, coming into the church auditorium was a bit new for them. They would naturally kind of gravitate towards, you know, they'd see, other wonderful friend of ours, Chris Fowler, would be up at front up at the front there, maybe leading worship, and it's like, oh, Chris, I know Chris Fowler. Would go right to the front, you know, sit right up at the front, just be there and and be with the people that they know the most. And so you'd have a group of folks, which was cool, like right from the get go, that the friends that we were making from the shelter, as they were kind of exposing themselves to what was happening on Sundays in the other end of the building, they weren't hiding in the back corner, you know, they weren't kind of showing up late and then leaving early they were they were showing up and right away occupying those front couple rows yeah, right? are, you say, are you saying there's some of us who do that we you know want to sit at the back i definitely feel that a lot of the time but it's true it's true absolutely instead of just being like oh let me just sneak in here they're like this is awesome and when what a unique opportunity exactly just being excited to go sit right up at the front and you're right i feel like that's that was just an amazing thing it was neat to see that happening in our community um and you'd have a group of folks who are who are had been or are current, were currently experiencing homelessness right there, right at the front, and just participating, whether for the first time in church or kind of maybe redeeming their experience of church or just like, what the heck is this all about? Um, but one of the things that Len was noticing as well, because he was in that relation, in that uh, in communication as well with people um, in from our shelter side of the building, he was looking around and he was kind of realizing there was a bit of a gap, actually, where they were sitting right up at the front and then I mean, as I mentioned before, you know, sometimes maybe we're more inclined to just be a bit shy on a Sunday morning and sit a bit further back. And whatever, how, whatever was kind of like lending to this, there was, a, there was literally a gap in the, in the third row and around like the second, third and fourth row of, of our auditorium where you'd have folks from the shelter there and then folks who are just more grown up in church and were in church sitting a bit further back and a bit of a space in between. Yeah. This, was, this was convicting, wasn't it? That, oh. that 
you know, where formerly you'd have a room full of quote unquote church people Mm -hmm. and some would sit near the front and some wouldn't. But the more our shelter friends and residents started to occupy the auditorium together with typical church people and become church people themselves, um, where they occupied the first row or two, now there was this gap. Now there was this vacant row or two that kind of separated the shelter folks in the front from the typical church attenders who were now like in row four or five, or they, they didn't quite get as close. And and very astute for someone like Len to pick up on this. And so he shared this with you and basically said, listen, when a church isn't working right, there's a gap right around the third row, knowing what that meant. But if a church was working right, Finish that sentence. Like, des- describe what Len was envisioning you to. Yeah, I mean, he's—I mean, he's envisioning, vi- envisioning mutuality. He's envisioning, you know, coming across and just blending and being together and saying, "Hey, a church is supposed to be made up of people who are different." And what Len envisioned, and also what, what's beautiful is he also started to see, and now he can look back on it and say, "Hey, here's one thing that I've seen." He said, well, "You know, when I saw this starting, what I saw starting to happen at that uh, a little time after." that was people who did start to get to know each other through different programs and they, they would start to actually, you know, move forward and be like, Hey, that's so, and they go to go and talk to so-and-so who was sitting up at the front and folks who are up at the front now, instead of just looking up at, you know, I only know Chris Fowler. So I'm looking up and seeing Chris Fowler at the front. They're kind of looking back over their shoulders and saying, Oh, Hey, they, you know, I saw you the other day when we were hanging out and playing, you know, if it's Euchre or whether we're climbing or whether we're, you know, yeah, whatever we're doing, or absolutely. Whatever. Or you came and had a meal together. Yeah. So there, so people are starting to look around and at that point, you know, you start to talk. And, and so Len started, the third, started to see the third row becoming populated. And the third row itself, he said, was an embodiment of like, I don't know at this point who is from the shelter and I don't know who wasn't. And I don't know who grew up in the church and who's been that. I don't know. Right. But I have this, this, this row of people who are just family and community together. Yeah. And for Len, he was like, that's a beautiful picture of what we're supposed to be. Yeah, I just love this, that Len, in his observation, noticed two things. First of all, he noticed when something was off, there was a gap right around, literally right around the third row of our auditorium. And there was almost a segregation between residents and church attenders. But all of a sudden, over time, as God started to blur those lines and cultivate some of that friendship that makes a difference, those very people started to occupy the third row. And so where the third row at one point represented a gap to bridge, over time, it started to represent the place where magic happened. Absolutely. The place where God was kind of the most at work forming these mutual, reciprocally transformative friendships. And so it got you guys into this conversation of not just how do we make more Len Jansons, which was why you started talking to Len, but together with Len to say, how do we make more third row people? Mm-hmm. And that's been kind of the behind the scenes question that I know you guys have been wrestling with that ultimately we want to share with our listeners today. Um as you've thought about it, how does someone become a third row person other than just sitting there on a Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, and there's so many answers to this. And one of the things I want to do at this point also is just to to really appreciate, I mean, we're talking about Len here. And as this conversation was emerging, another key voice in it has been Kelly Van Hemert. 
And she is, Kelly Van Hemert, somebody who in, in our community embodies this exact third row valley, if we want to call it that. And she's been in our community for a, a, a few years, not as many as Len, and I think he said 17 years he's been in our community. Um, but Kelly helped to, to drive this conversation too, because she was living that value too, of just where she was connecting with um, with, with folks who've experienced homelessness and just being having just a really great sense of that. So between Len and Kelly at this point, we start to say, okay, well, what does it take to be able to um, to create more people like this, to, to or really, and not even necessarily create, create and identify, because we just recognize that this right, is inherent right. to, I mean, like spoiler alert, but this is inherent to every single one of us. Like we are those people. We actually just need to make sure that we're living that way and right, showing that this right. is who we are. Um, and so the the way that we just feel like the, that we can do that is by identifying, first of all, like, Identifying the fact that we we do want to have these kinds of relationships, we do want to actually grow in and reach out to people who we see as an other, um, and that's something that's just again key to who we are as a Southridge community. Like we we want to, it's not just a nicety or a nice thing for some people. This is for all of us. We want to be every single one of us, somebody who looks across, and says, "Who is that person who's feeling left out? Who's that person who's different than me? And how am I going to be able to get to know them and be a blessing in their life? Because I also think that they probably are going to be a blessing in mine too." Um, so some of the ways that we're, that we're able to do that are just by really opening the doors to a lot more of like, well, who, who are we all? What do we all bring to the table and how can we make that more accessible for us as a community? So what we've been trying to do is basically just create more. And I know you spoke about this in, in, in in our podcast with Erica a number of weeks back, but just to be able to reiterate when people just bring sort of a passion to the table, just like, Hey, I'm interested in rock climbing sure, okay, what does that have to do with, you know, ending a cycle of poverty and homelessness? Well, it's something that you love. So bring that to the table and your passion is going to help to, who knows, but somehow spark relationship and let's see where it goes. And we start to realize that everybody has those kind of things. We all have things that we enjoy. You like reading a book, if you like climbing a wall, like it's like there's there's things about ourselves that when we bring those to the table, they can go places. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been opening the doors to. Just more programs, which is what it really becomes is, just bring a passion to the table, and then we can do that in community together and just see what God wants to do that um, as we just continue to just bring our full selves. Yeah, more opportunities for connection based on these common interests and areas of passion that we might bring. That's right. Right? So we're not talking about launching more church programs. Right. What we're talking about is giving people an opportunity to link their passions to supplementary ways that, whether it's in the shelter or in our other anchor causes, supplementary ways that people can connect relationally. You know, we were talking uh, earlier today about someone in our Vineland location who uh, is kind of a fitness buff. And is talking about, you know, the idea of potentially doing some fitness programming uh, in the gym in Vineland next spring when our migrant workers return. And just experimenting with that. I like fitness. Some of the workers, they might want to work out after their, their day of work. So maybe we can do fitness together. And that becomes a way of connecting. Absolutely. Right? It's, it's, it's no more limited than, is this a passion I have? And is this a way that we connect? And that's how we're trying to spawn these opportunities to trigger unlikely friendships. Absolutely. And it's it's as open as that. And also, if that feels intimidating to say, we're not, we're not like saying, hey, you better come out and now you have to start a program. It's also invitational to say, yeah, sky's the limit. And also just, I mean, the 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 biggest thing is just come out. Just do that. Like just, just if we can say, get off your butt, get off your butt, yeah. get into like, just be a part of what's happening. And maybe something that's happening already resonates with who you are. 
or maybe there's something else that right, which is are gonna be p- that part of the steps, right? Because you 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 aren't becoming a Len or a Kelly or a, a third row person just by physically positioning yourself on a Sunday in a third row. It starts first of all by getting involved in an anchor cause, right? Getting involved in an anchor cause. From there, it kind of evolves or grows into developing friendship or participating in one of these supplementary experiences that foster friendship that then leads to the kind of friendship that draws you into the third row because now you want to do things like attend a Sunday service together with your friends that you've developed friendship with through these supplementary experiences through the anchor cause that you've participated in. So there's a bit of a flow to this. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question would be for for people who are curious to grow in becoming third row people, what would you encourage for them as their next step right now? Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's, it's having that willingness to say, okay, wherever I am right now, there is a next step. So first of all, realize that. Um, for some people, it's just, you know, you, you want to hear a bit more, maybe you're brand new to, to our community. You want to hear a bit more about what are these anchor causes. Yeah. And so I'm for, for some, maybe you've, you attended our next step lunch, um, just this last week, we do those now on the very first Sunday of every month. And that's a great way just to hear more about who we are as a whole. And you'll hear specifically about the anchor cause in your location and the other ones as well. So that's great. So learn a little bit more about what's happening and then be willing to, to talk to the person who's representing your anchor cause in your location. Ask them how you can how you can join in right away because there will be a way for you to plug in right away, and um, and that's something that we would just love for you to, to first do that. The other part of this is maybe you've been in the community for you know for some time, and you 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 know what it is, but you 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 know you're not quite sure, and you've sort of said maybe that's for other people. So then I'd say your next step is first of all to realize. Like, no, this isn't just something, as we've been saying throughout this podcast, like, this isn't just sort of, yeah, it's nice for some people. Not We we want you to be a part of this. It doesn't matter who you are in our community. Be a part of our anchor causes um, because this is something that God has for us in, in our growing relationship with Jesus. This is something that's key. We don't want you to miss out, and we don't want to miss out on you. Um, and in the same way, I'd say just talk to that person. Talk to the person in your anchor cause. You can email. You can call us. We're going to meet you, with you and have a conversation and invite you out to something, and it's going to be great. And as we're going to continue talking about even throughout the rest of our Hope Live series right now, if you're deeply involved in this, and this is somewhere where you're just kind of preaching to the choir or whatever you want to call it here, but if you're deeply involved in this and you're already, you're already living it out, uh, we just want you to know you're the people who drive this conversation. You're the people who take our community to the next level of engagement. And it's not, you, you don't have to like wait for somebody on staff to come up with the next brilliant, like the way you, you are the expert. You're the person that we want to hear from. You're the person who should be getting to know more about this than, than anybody else. And we want to hear from you. And we want to say, what is, it that God's, what is it that God's putting on your heart? God put stuff on Len's heart and on Kelly's heart, and we we're running with that. If God's putting something on your heart too, man, we want to hear it because he's going to take us the next level through that. Yeah, and hopefully we uh, talk about that more this coming Sunday as we land this series with that vision of what actually is possible when those of us who've been involved and are starting to form those friendships are willing to take it to the next level in whatever way God might want to uniquely do that through us. Yeah, That's when things really get exciting, really get creative, and where that third row really gets populated so that every row, ideally, Mm. every row is a third row and has that kind of magic across all of our locations. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Nate, any final encouragements or challenges to our membership when it comes to becoming these kind of people or uh, just as we wrap up this Hope Live series this weekend? I think the final encouragement just is um, that we're, 
I don't know how to, how to put this in a way that does not sound, sound doesn't sound weird, but like this is this is a winning team. This is a winning team that you get to be a part of. Where we're just seeing God do some incredible stuff in our community, and it's exciting. And when you're there, you I feel like it, it, the excitement is infectious. Um, when you're around us, when we talk, we've been talking about Len throughout this. When you're around Len, like just his passion for what he's seen over the course of over a decade in this specific area of ministry, it's just infectious. And you can just sort of see that God has been doing incredible things and he continues to. So join in because, man, there's some good stuff that you can be involved in. And we'd love to have you and see what God has for you in this conversation. Yeah, we want you to be part of this because we believe that you'll experience something amazing because of what I, what we see in so many others who are experiencing something amazing. We don't want you to miss out. That's right. Awesome. Uh, thanks for being with us here today. And uh, thanks to all of you for engaging again and tracking along with us as we continue finding our way as a community together. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.